G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is entitled Love Your Enemies and it's part of a series called Kingdom Come, focusing on Matthew's Gospel. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 38. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than the others? Do not even pay to do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Difficult people. We all have difficult people in our lives. For some of us, it might be a co-worker or boss. For some of us, it might be a relative. For my wife, it's me. Other people fill our lives with joy, but they often make our lives difficult too. In Matthew 5.38, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. At first glance, it sounds like Jesus is telling us to let difficult people walk all over us. Like he's encouraging the bullied school kid to let their bully lay into them, or the abuse victim to open themselves up to more abuse. Where's the justice in that? Then Jesus finishes the chapter by telling us to be perfect. What a crushing piece of advice. Much of it doesn't sound like good advice either. Surely this is a part of the Bible we can ignore today. Surely there's a better way of dealing with difficult people than letting them beat you down, rob you blind, and make you walk an extra mile. It's here we need to say that the words of Jesus are not just good advice, they're good news. Jesus is calling us to a radically new way of seeing the world, 
a new way of living and set of ethics. Today we're going to look at nonviolent resistance, going the extra mile, how to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And finally, we're going to see that Jesus calls us to live by kingdom ethics. Years ago, a football hooligan, Pete Dobbs, was cut off in traffic. Pete tells the story. Once, when I was on my bike, a guy cut me off along the Blackwell Tunnel. I got off my bike, walked around to where he was stuck in traffic, and I put my fist straight through his window. I punched him several times in the face, then I took his car keys, jumped back on my bike, and rode off with his keys, and left him there. Pete didn't believe in turning the other cheek, let alone an eye for an eye, but it led to a life of prison sentences and substance abuse. He gained a reputation as someone not to be messed with, but it closed him off to love. Years later, Pete became a Christian, opening himself up to the love of God. When someone ran over his motorbike with their car, Pete asked the driver if he was okay, and when the driver asked if it was his bike, he said, Don't worry about it. It's only a bike. We live in a world where revenge attacks spiral out of control. From Alice Springs to pubs in Dolby, tensions boil over on a nightly basis. In the ancient world, the law of eye for eye, tooth for tooth was established to curb escalating cycles of violence. It put a limit on the damages people were liable for. Unfortunately for Jesus' listeners, the courts were stacked against them, and judges only wanted justice for people like them, the rich and powerful. Because of this, ordinary people began taking the law into their own hands, and formed a resistance movement called the Zealots. The Zealots would attack those who they felt had wronged them at night to avoid detection. One night, Jesus, one of Jesus' disciples, Simon, was a zealot, and many people on the mountainside at the Sermon on the Mount would have been zealots, itching for Jesus to start a holy war to resist the Romans. But instead, Jesus teaches his disciples to turn the other cheek. This radical form of nonviolent resistance was about rising above the revenge mentality that makes everyone blind. Now, to strike someone on the right cheek, if you're right-handed, you need to backhand the other person. This was seen as an insult at the time. To present your right cheek, your left, you, the other cheek, was, to, was an act of defiance. It was to present yourself as an equal when someone was trying to belittle you. By responding this way, far from tolerating evil, you were publicly calling out evil and exposing it to the world. And this is what going the extra mile is all about. In verse 40, Jesus says, If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. The tunic was a linen robe, and even the poorest of the poor had two tunics. A cloak was a thick wool garment and acted as a blanket at night and kept you warm and dry during the day. Most people only had one tunic, and it was illegal to take someone's tunic. Here Jesus is saying, well, if someone is trying to rob you blind, give them all your clothes and your nakedness will expose their evil. I had a friend once who had good fashion sense and a deep faith. Whenever someone said they liked something he was wearing, he'd offer it to them. At first he gave away shoes, shirts and all sorts of things. But when people asked why, he was so happy to give them these things, he told them about Jesus. 
Eventually, people learned not to take his things, and some became Christians because of his witness. It's this sort of non-violent resistance that changes hearts. Soldiers at the time could legally force people to carry their packs for a mile, but it was illegal to make people go further. Here, Jesus encourages us to go the extra mile so that those who are taking advantage of them are forced to think twice about their actions. Nelson Mandela used this sort of non-violent resistance to change a nation. Mandela spent 27 years in prison for calling out the racist apartheid regime in South Africa. And he was no pushover. As a lawyer, he would stand up for his rights in front of his jailers and would speak against the brutal and inhumane ways they treated him. At the same time, he never stooped to their level and treated his guards with the dignity he didn't receive from them. Slowly, he won over the respect of the entire prison, inmates and guards. One guard, Christo Brand, hated Mandela and he was raised to hate people like Mandela. But slowly, Mandela broke down his hatred with humility and kindness. By refusing to threaten Brand and treating him with integrity, Mandela became like a father to him and won him over. Upon his release, the jail was turned into a museum and Brand worked at the gift shop. Friends, this is the power of loving your enemies. Sadly, as many give up on Christianity in Australia, we're throwing the baby of the gospel out with the bathwater of bad religion. We're becoming a less forgiving and less gracious culture. A culture where we try to beat up people who we think have crossed us and try to ruin people who have wronged us. A friend joked that the motto is often, do unto others as they would do to you, only do it first. Unforgiveness is a poison that hurts us much more than the people we can't forgive. And this is why Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Notice the motivation here is to love your enemies so that we can become children of our Heavenly Father. In other words, we're to love our enemies because God loved us when we were his enemies. Romans 5.10 says it like this, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Just like we're honoured when our children reflect the best parts of our character, so God is honoured when we reflect his character. Loving your enemies is a radical thing to do, but it's not impossible because of the common grace God lavishes on us. He sends rain to all people, not just good ones. Notice Jesus says these words before he goes to the cross. He lives them out by dying for us, for us his enemies, and praying for those who hold abuse to him. What's more, we live on this side of Pentecost. So if you're a baptized Christian, you have the Holy Spirit holding you up and helping you along as you attempt to mirror God's character. And this brings me to my final point. Jesus says, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? History tells us that even Adolf Hitler was capable of kindness to his mistress, Eva Braun, who he married days before Berlin fell. Jesus' point is that God is graciously calling us to a kingdom ethic, a totally different way of life. 
followers of Jesus, live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven now. We are loved by God now. We are members of his family now. And we are saved now. And so we live with kingdom ethics on earth as in heaven. These ethics will seem impossible and downright weird to people who are not yet part of the kingdom of God. And that's all right. Jesus calls us to perfection, not because he wants to crush us with pressure. Like a parent teaching their child to walk, Jesus knows we'll fall down, we'll stuff up, and we'll sin along the way. Yet he never wants us to stop aiming for perfection, to stop living for God and taking baby steps towards living like him every day. Jesus can call us to perfection because as far as God is concerned, we are perfect. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one sacrifice, he, that's Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's us, followers of Jesus. Notice how followers of Jesus have been made perfect, but we are being made holy every day. Salvation happens the moment you entrust your life to Jesus and received what he did for you on the cross. Sanctification is a lifetime of living for Jesus no matter what it takes. Far from a crushing call to perfectionism, here Jesus is calling us into relationship with God, who is perfect and who perfects us. This takes humility, self-sacrifice and a whole lot of courage, but by God it's worth it. Two years ago, around 7.30pm, On the 1st of February, a group of children were riding bikes down the footpath next to Beddington Road in Western Sydney. They were laughing and they were on their way to buy ice cream from a local shop. Suddenly, 29-year-old Samuel Davidson veered out of nowhere, crashing into the children. Samuel had a blood alcohol reading of 0.150, three times the legal limit, and was high on drugs. Siblings Anthony, Angelina, and Sienna Abdallah, and their friend Veronique Suck, died from their injuries. And three other children were left scarred, with lifelong, one with lifelong brain damage. While the family were devastated by their loss, they quickly came out with a statement saying they forgave the driver. Mother, Leela Abdallah, said, Our Father has forgiven our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Also, Jesus' last words on the cross were, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And he asked us to forgive seventy times seven times. So I forgave Davidson because I trust God. He's a just God, and I leave it in his hands. God is great. God is good. God is giving us the peace of mind that they are in heaven. God is comforting us. He is close to the weary. If it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't be standing where I am today. End quote. The Abdullah family knew that what Davidson had done was wrong. They did not condone his crime and they gave evidence at his hearing. Davidson pled guilty and was convicted for four accounts of manslaughter. It's important to remember that Jesus is not telling us to be doormats or to ignore sin. It's the exact opposite. 
Jesus is asking us to reflect God's love, that we might expose and weed out sin so that we can build God's kingdom all the while trusting in a just God. Reflecting on her words later, Leela Abdallah said, Every word I said was so true. Our focus is on God and building our life in heaven. We are not building our life here. Friends, we all encounter different difficult people in our lives, and yet followers of Jesus don't live for this world. Our ethics are shaped by God's love and God's kingdom. Jesus calls us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, not to make us doormats or to crush our spirits, but because this is where eternal life springs from. Life is full of difficult people, and so we live under the love of the Father, following the example of the Son, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, loving our enemies and our neighbours as ourselves. May this become more of our reality each and every day. Friends, as I finish, I just want to pray for you uh, listening to this podcast um, and pray for the people who you find difficult and ask God to give you the power to forgive them and love them. Loving Lord God, thank you that you forgave me on the cross. I receive your forgiveness and ask that you would make me holy and sanctify me each and every day by the power of your Holy Spirit. Please help me to forgive the people I find difficult. Please help me to forgive those who persecute me, those who are my enemies. Fill me with love for them. Flood my life with forgiveness and help me to grow in Christ-likeness every single day. Amen.